Hey, everybody. Happy Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday. I don't know when you're listening to this. We've been publishing a lot of content here at Lions of Liberty, so maybe you're behind. Hopefully you're not. But if you are, we still love you. Just wanted to talk to you for a real quick minute here and uh, let you guys know about something cool we're doing with our friend Gret Glier over at Donor C. Uh, Gret has an awesome, awesome platform for helping people, especially in very poor countries. And we're partnering with Gret. We are uh, donating 10% of our Lions of Liberty Pride contributions um, to his uh, coronavirus efforts. And he is targeting um, helping people in the poorest parts of the uh, of the world to get, you know, even simple things like hand sanitizer and cleaning supplies and uh, being able to help them out through this very tough time. Um, you know, coronavirus is tough enough on us uh, in the first world here, as they say, uh, just navigating uh, through it and learning the new normal. In poorer countries, it is much, much worse. And if we can just do a little bit to help, um, it'll go a long way. And of course, with Donor C, you get to see uh, the impact that your donations have. You can follow it along and get updated videos. So check out more on this initiative at DonorC.com slash coronavirus. And you can join the Lions of Liberty Pride uh, by going to Patreon dot com slash lines of liberty and check out everything we offer there with the bonus content and perks and merchandise and all that good stuff let's get to the show welcome to felony friday a presentation of the lions of liberty podcast here is your host john odermatt felons Friends and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And today's show, um, we have something we've never done before. Um, I was able to get access uh, to someone who is currently in prison. And I can't uh, tell you exactly how or, uh, or what happened, but uh, during today's episode, my interview is with an individual who will remain anonymous, who is currently incarcerated. And what we're going to do throughout the show is go through, uh, he's going to talk a little about his past and how he, how he ended up in prison. But and that's probably the first 10 or so minutes. But then we get into talking about the conditions in the prison system, the conditions with COVID-19, how prisoners are being mistreated, the disgusting environment uh, that they're uh, that they're forced to live in. Definitely, you do not want to miss this episode. This is an episode you want to share with your friends, share with other people. A lot of people do not understand how serious the problem is in the prison system with the COVID nineteen pandemic. So today's episode, this is episode number two hundred twenty four of Felony Friday. That means you can find the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com slash FF224. Please, if you enjoy what you hear, if you like Lions of Liberty, if you love the Felony Friday podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Please give us a, uh, a five-star rating, drop a little nice review, and uh, that helps us out so much with the algorithms there. So, And please subscribe. If you listen to this every week, subscribe. I mean, come on. It's uh, it's simple. 
So guys, without further ado, let's get rolling with today's first of its kind interview from behind the prison walls. So we, yeah, we can get started right away so we don't waste any time. Uh-huh. You know, what, what I would normally do is uh, is introduce you, but since we're keeping this anonymous, we'll uh, sort of skip that part. But uh, if you could just give like uh, give a background on on where you are, what, what prison you're in, and uh, and start there. Uh, I'm down, down south in the uh, uh, Mississippi area in the federal prison. Um, in my background, I'm locked up for a gun possession that belonged to my grandfather. He was uh, they kicked the house in, looking for drugs or whatever. Got false leads. Uh, they came in and found those drugs. I was going outside to go get my daughter for school to go home. And they charged me with this gun, possession of a firearm that I did not have. And the gun was melted down and the gun did not work. And he was a service weapon from him. He's a um, security guard for the mayor. He used to hit mayor's head security. And um, they they didn't give me no DNA. They didn't give me no fingerprints. Once my grandfather and them uh, told him what happened, they uh they called they called him down there to testify against me. When they went down there to testify against me, they found out that the police was lying. They went to the tunnel first the next day to uh, report about the agent, about the agent and stuff, about the bad agent and how he mis- did um, misconduct and lied on them and said that I had the gun and I never had the gun. So once my family and them went down to to come and testify. They asked the prosecutor, asked them what happened, and, and they told them the police are lying on their grandson. They still told them they, they didn't need them no more. Went outside and, and went in a grand jury and got a police officer to call a summary witness. Read the police report and told them what had happened, and got an indictment back on that. And once I was locked up, I made a phone call telling my wife that I was uh, withdrawn, whatever. And three days later, I was back in federal court with a superseding indictment charging me with the same gun, but this time charged me with being a drug addict in possession of a firearm. Hmm. And they gave me 10 years for that. And that's a crime that's not even heard of. They try, they just trying to be, be um, keep trying to get me to cooperate and keep keep stacking my charges against me. I have won my appeal on that crime right there because you can't charge me with possession of a firearm being with a drug addict in possession of a firearm. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I, I never have heard even they kept they they kept just stacking charges on me just to keep me to, you know, try to uh, either cooperate or either snatch out. And I would not snatch out. So I went to pre-trial that Friday and I only had two cases still. They tried to get they told me to uh plea out or push my trial back. Or else and they offered me a five year deal. They told me to give me five years if I cooperate. Uh, so I told when I turned that down, they said, "Well, we bring enough charges on you." Uh, another superseding indictment. They said they gonna charge me with uh, with the bulletproof vest. This is my grandfather's gun, bulletproof vest that he wore when he was protecting the mayor. My grandfather weighed like almost four hundred pounds, a big guy, and his bulletproof vest has got to be a size two sizes over that to protect him. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, single size fifty something bulletproof vest. So. Uh, but then they charged me with possession of crack cocaine, 1.3 grams of crack that I did not have. I had a case pending in the state where I got caught with five Vicodin. And once I was, did not cooperate and study going to trial, they brought that up on me and then said I had crack cocaine with that. So that, that Monday, after I plead not guilty, I mean, once they told me that Friday was happening, I went to court that Monday to go to trial. And before I went to trial, I went to the magistrate judge and plead not guilty to drug possession, a bulletproof vest, and and uh, other drugs. 
Yeah, went straight to the um, jury room to pick my jury and went to trial. That's unheard of, too, where I didn't even have a discovery at the time. I, I just mm-hmm. pleaded guilty and went to trial that same day on those same charges. So, so I won so how many, uh, uh, how many How many years have you been serving? How long have you been in for? I, I've been in 10 years so far. For 10 years? And when's your, when's your sentence? I thought you said you had a 10-year sentence, uh, or was it longer? No, I got no, 20 years. Oh shit! Okay, I've, I've been I've been um, down ten years so far. One or two appeals. I went back to court and got the ten years off. Where they said it's unconscious. You cannot have me being drug out of possession of firearm and uh, possession of firearm at the same time. So now they cannot do that to nobody else. But then I wanted when I went back to court, my lawyer didn't file my appeal. He didn't ever file it, so I filed a, a ineffective assistance counsel on him, and I won another appeal. So. And this time I filed for rehabilitation and I filed to to get um, a rehabilitation due to my good prison wreck and all the programs I took in prison and the Johnson claim. The Johnson means that my violent, my crimes and my prize was not violent. Like when I was young and dumb, I had a high-speed chase running for the police and they said I hit the police officer. And it, But since you run from them, they said even attempt to hit or running from them, they charge you with assault of police. But under Johnson now, that's not a valid crime. So I posted went home. They called me off the yard, tell me, give them my home plan. I was going home. I went down there. The prosecutor said, no, you can't do that and this and that. And they sent me back to prison. So, and I, since I've been fighting them, fighting these people, I'm fighting them. Even the Supreme Court even said my rights was violated. The CI was lying. I should have a new trial. But since my lawyer didn't check his plain error. And, and even they said on the Supreme Court said with this long history, complicated history of this case, you know, the agent on my case, he's, he just got caught lying on a man and got him like 15 years in prison after the homicide detectives went and told him they got the wrong guy. We got the guy. He still went and went on with the case and went to trial and got the man lost on trial and found out he planted evidence, lied, made statements and all this too. Same things we filed against the tunnel affairs against the police officers. And so right now they he's being sued, but they said I can't do nothing about I can't do nothing about it until the lawsuit over. Uh, it's just like he he got caught, but he don't mean nothing. The, the DA stepped down. He's still working, and he's still doing the same things to everybody else that he's been doing. And so it's just like another miscarriage of blind justice. Yeah, that's uh, that's messed up, man. And that's uh freaking way. I hear that. I hear the the same story you're telling me way too often. Um, you know, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about today that, you know, really, really, I think is, is one of the reasons that, uh, you know, that, that you wanted to come on the show was to talk about what's going on right now with the, uh, coronavirus where you are and the conditions, yeah. uh, that you're in. So if, if you could just talk about that a little bit, you know, uh, what's the situation with, you know, the, the people there have it, do you know if they have it, do you, or do you have anything, are you able to even you know wash your hands or get hand sanitizer, stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, we we not allowed to have hand sanitizer, not to have allowed to have bleach and none of that stuff. But the the diseases we got in here, where the the, the chemicals out there ain't even strong enough for them. So we, the chemicals we get to be a little bit of chemicals and a lot of water, and it won't. It's not killing anything. Like just last yesterday, we had order commissary because we was on lockdown, and the man that came in for commissary that did commissary this morning found out he tested positive for coronavirus. And the inmates that was who was with him doing the commissary, they locked them up inside the uh, unit downstairs. They got the rest of the guys that because the hold is so packed with corona corona victims. Now they just got wings 
and they put everybody in a way who just got it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's overbearing or whatever. And so now we've been exposed to coronavirus because you know how you uh, lick your finger and make the page turn? Mm-hmm. He was licking his fingers and make the page turn. So he was. we had to hit, grab the pen from him and write the stuff down. He signed our name. He was talking and laughing at people's faces. Jeez. And we've been exposed to it. And now we ain't getting no testing done. Ain't nobody came and tested us. Ain't nobody ain't did none of that. So, you know, and like, it was just 25 cases brand new yesterday down here and uh, six staff members just test positive yesterday too. Like, we just now got masks and the masks we got are so thin and like, like, uh, it ain't even identical masks. But when you're, you're using the dentist somewhere, it's just like real thin. So it, it, it's, it's, you can smell the air coming through it if you, if you breathe. Like, it's, it's no thickness in there to stop anything. I don't know what it is with the CDC or what it is, but like, we still go catch it. Like, we all in the same way. Everybody at nighttime, you hear people coughing, like, we coughing all the time real bad, sneezing real bad. It's just, it just doing everything. Yeah, and that, and that, there's no ventilation. You know, that, that air's just getting, just getting recycled, moved around, right? Huh? There's no ventilation. There's no, uh, I mean, it's just, they just said that air's just being pushed through and pushed through and pushed through. Yeah, the the, uh, the ventilation system is not. We got they got a little air and they got no ventilation system. Everything around here is black mold. I mean, people think out there we getting three meals a day and and, and good health care. I mean, the doctors we got here are the bottom of the bottom. Like, say they got fired from the public the public place, the public uh uh in a city in a city clinic. They got fired from there and they come apply for her and, and they. They don't, at the bottom of the bottom, they just talk bad to us. We don't get nothing. Like, say we go for flu-like symptoms or going thing, they make us come up there and take our tumors, look at us, and we sit in there all day and wait just to tell us to go back to the unit and buy some uh, pills off of commissary. So it's, it, we don't, you got to be real, like, dead to even go and get anything done outside hospital or outside help. You know what I mean? So I've been fighting for the kidney disease since I've been locked up. And they told me where I was at, my last plot I was at, that I got, I'm suffering from rain and kidney disease, but she told me that I grew out of it. You know what I'm saying? I was just, a, before I got locked up, they, they put me on a, um, what they call it, a machine where, um, with the, where they see your babies and stuff, an ultrasound. They put me yeah, on an ultrasound yeah. machine and they showed me how my kidneys is. One kidney is like a heartbeat, boom, 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 boom. And my right kidney was like, boom, boom, boom. So the, the, um, the doctor told me, take these pills, and in seven days, if your kidney don't come back up the port, we're going to have to put you on dialysis. So I got locked up like the third day. So I never got the chance to, to see what had happened. But since I've been locked up, I've been fighting with these people about my kidneys. Like, I can't exercise and nothing. I can't do a lot of things where my back and stuff be hurting real bad. My side will be hurting. And it's like... I only test that they do is just P test me all the time and see or give me a bl- few blood tests and certain know they're not pre treating me properly. I'm supposed to be on a renal diet where I don't eat certain foods and all that. But they just, the lady said I grew out of it. So I don't know how you grow out of a disease that's already made was made by me by me doing, using um X pills and stuff, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. What what so, type of I mean, just to give the my audience an idea, like what, what type of food are, are you getting served there for for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I mean, everything's hot. Well, this place is is everything always cold. Even the meals we get right now be cold. We get in the morning time, if like on breakfast time, we either get oatmeal, 
uh, with a pastry and or some cereal and bread. Like on the weekend, we get cereal, I mean bread and oatmeal, and maybe a banana and some milk. Milk might be small or whatever. And then on Mondays, we get in the morning, maybe get biscuit, two biscuits. But lately, they've been giving us one biscuit, one small little miniature biscuit, scoop of gravy and a scoop of uh, mashed potatoes and the milk. Um, on Tuesdays, we get the same thing. Uh, cake on Wednesday, we get supposed uh, get two pancakes, but the pancakes be the kind you get your kids. Some little really small pancakes come in the pack. Mm-hmm. It's real small, but nothing. But nothing's hot. Everything's cold. And uh, on Wednesday, on Thursdays, we get cake again. On Fridays, we get French toast. And so and then on like on for lunch on Tuesday on Mondays, we get either. Tuna, there's tuna that don't even know how to make tuna. They give us a, a, a get an eight ounce spoon. We get a four ounce spoons. Uh, Tuesdays we get chicken patties and beans. We get beans like every day of the week, you know. But the beans don't get cleaned properly. Like uh, we get mixed vegetables or vegetables in the uh, with the meal, but the vegetables don't be cleaned properly. The trays they feed us on, we got rats and stuff running around on them, and uh, you know what I mean. They don't wash them. We're trying to tell the COs, man, what you have to wash them. They always say some smart comments. Why you coming to and all this? No, we ain't got to do this. And we all, I'm just here to feed you. You know, Thursdays, well, Wednesdays we get hamburgers, but the hamburgers and fries be so cold. The fries they put in the oven, and then you know they they take them out like five minutes later. So fries be really kind of hard. They really know real fries like you get with the on the streets that you drop in the mm-hmm. grease. Yeah, so on Thursday we get chicken and chicken is like they don't cook it properly. It'd be red and pink inside. So if they, you know, you supposed to at least cook chicken at least a, a hour forty five to two hours due to and, and due to the uh, amount of capacity that you have and the amount of people that you're cooking for. And so the chicken will be bloody and people ain't pouring blood off the chicken. You know, for, for, uh, Friday we put we get uh, a processed uh, fish patty and everything we get be cold. And that's where everything we get always be cold. It's not, you know, they don't practice uh, sir, safer. But no, they don't got you wearing your face mask. Everybody spitting on the food and talking all over. So that's why a person come to prison and end up dying because you got a lot of mice and roaches running around and you got dudes not washing their hands. They ain't doing this properly. Like in the kitchen, you got to clean with bleach. That's the only best way to do it because you're dealing with food or mm-hmm. deal with them something that's very pine solid. So, you know, we getting the same old red chemical that's really supposed to be dark red but when we get it it'd be very light red so it's not no good chemical i forgot the name of it but it's let's take a real quick break here i want to tell you guys about an awesome libertarian podcast i know you guys think that lines of liberty is the only libertarian podcast out there and we are great i mean it's awesome what we do here at lines of liberty but there's other good ones too in fact there's a great one called good morning liberty it's hosted by our friends Nate and Charlie and myself and Brian, we were on the show a couple weeks ago and Mark was on after that separately. Highly recommend going back and, and checking out those episodes. Uh, but also with Good Morning Liberty, um, what they do, what the host Nate and Charlie are trying to do is they've taken on the onus of trying to change people's minds of how people view libertarians. And they're doing this by leading with a message of compassion first. They're looking at the way in which policies impact people and using the principles of liberty 
to provide compassionate solutions. I know it's amazing, right? So much more effective than just typing loudly and screaming to yourself and commenting on Facebook statuses. But they're actually giving you tangible ways to talk to other human beings about how liberty is compassion. Amazing, right? So Nate and Charlie are two great guys, like I said. I think I said that at the beginning. They have a, uh, a background in healthcare. They actually own a healthcare IT company. So at times like this and times of crisis uh, that we have in this country right now, a great podcast to tap into to get their perspective. You can check it out five days per week. So if you need that uh, daily hit of liberty, please check out Nate and Charlie over at Good Morning Liberty. Of course, you can find it on all the regular podcatching apps, or you can just go to lol.gmlpodcast.com. Good Morning Liberty. Check it out. What's like the uh, what's the general opinion of the uh, of the of the prisoners there of, of coronavirus? I mean, are people pretty pretty worried about it? You know, what's what's going on? Or like, what's what's the we are all fearful right now, like the guys in Elton. That's so we, you know, we reach out to them. Like it's a good, it's a lady right now. If um she she's trying to find her husband. Her husband's up in Elton. She made a video on Instagram, and um uh, matter of fact, I can look at the name right quick. This lady in Elton. Her name is um her name is Teresa Mesley M E S S I E, and uh, her husband is her husband is Angelo Messi M E S S I E. He's an Elton. He been missing. Well, she she been labeling him missing because he been up there Elton where they been dying where they died at, and while he was Elton, she um they won't tell him nothing about why she died. They ain't telling him nothing about about uh where he's at. He don't know anything about her. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's her husband. She been calling up there about him. She been calling up there and they won't tell him nothing. And it's another lady up there where her, what, what, uh, what, there. what prison? What prison is this? That's in Elton, Ohio, where all the people been dying at. And her, another guy, she she found out her son died through an inmate, and not she ain't find out through the through the regular COs or the people up there. And then they said the guards and nobody came to work. The National Guard been up there feeding them and doing that. They be eating, I eat military food. So, and I mean, everybody's scared because if y'all if they can't protect y'all, uh, they can't protect you guys out there in a big environment. They could definitely protect us in a small environment. Like this, it all takes one person, man. We can't get sick until the staff bring it in. Once the staff bring it in, it's a doomsday for us. It's like a death sentence for us, you know. And and, and we are sitting and we don't know what to do. It was some, some earlier where they was it was kind of they was people get frustrated about the store rioting because you taking people from quarantine and bring them into units where there ain't nobody been sick yet. And you you want us to have these people in here? We don't even know they've been properly tested or properly done, right? They eyes bloodshot red. They still coughing when they walking up to the to the windows and doors. And how are we supposed to accept that? You know, they say uh, BOP bought some type of drug that ain't it's, it's not being tested and not it's, it's it's like a malaria drug or some stuff. And it's like they won't use us for the guinea pigs. They won't use us for the for the uh, lab rats and stuff like that. I mean, we're here scared. We don't know what to do. We don't know nothing about no uh, coronavirus. All we hear on the news, you cut all the TVs off, you cut the phones off. We don't know nothing. All we seeing is y'all wearing masks and suits around her, and y'all ain't telling us nothing. Like, and we watch TV a lot, of movies a lot. So what else are we supposed to think? So, so you, you guys can't sick. even get you guys can't even get can't even watch the news. I mean, you used to be able to, right? No. 
No, they cut off all. They, they we just now started watching. They had cut off all communication to the outside world. Wait, what, they when did they do that? When did of, they cut that off? When they first uh, labeled the lockdown for the BOP, they cut all the communication off for us. They wow. just started letting us start back uh, getting on the phones and watching TV. But we're not in the TV room. We're just looking through the window at the TV room, seeing what's going on. Hmm. And, you know, we got love us and family members out there. And, and we, we, we scared. They scared for us, too. Yeah. And, you know, you know, people have been getting the compassion release. How they say they made a new thing about letting people go, about the compassion release and letting them go. The freedom prisons. It was just told, like, y'all look on Twitter or whatever. There's a big thing going on. They've been letting inmates, they quarantined for 14 days to release them before they release them to the outside world. They've been taking them down there. And five days later, they pull them back and, and put them back to general population saying they've been denied. And after the person that gave all their food and clothes and stuff away to the next person, thinking they finna go home, and it's all a big hoax and games, they're not trying to release nobody for real. So it's just like a whole bunch of gang stuff. Like, and then what we supposed to do? I mean, eventually everybody folks trying to do right, get themselves together. But, but if you if you don't want to die, what what else you supposed to do? You gonna let a person kill you, or you gonna you gonna have to defend us? I mean, that's what it seems like it's coming to where it's either. Y'all finna let, try to kill us, or we gonna have to, is we gonna have to take over or do something. I don't know. Because it, because it don't make no sense. Like, it's been going on over the world, and now it's been going on in the United States, too, where the prisoners are starting to riot over this same situation because everybody's scared. They don't know what to do. You gotta think, you're dealing with, you're dealing with people who, we all good men and all, but at the same time, we know how to defend ourselves. And we know how to, once we get it, once we feel scared or threatened, we know we we got to make sure we got to save our lives too. Because nobody don't want to die. I know I don't want to die. And I ain't, we ain't saying nothing bad about the guards or nothing like that either. I know they don't want to die. They is following orders. But they need to try to get some type of understanding and let us know something. They try to act like it's all good when it's not. Because uh, every day they finding out they getting sick, finding out somebody else dying, finding out this. And they just got us locked up. Come on, nobody ain't got it here. They keep telling us nobody don't have it. But we saying, the, the girls keep saying somebody do have it. The news saying somebody got it. So it's like they trying to cover it up from us. Well, you, didn't you so say we, that they're, move, they're moving people, they're moving people into uh, into the shoe and they're moving people into their own their own wing to isolate them? Or? Yeah, yeah. But they just say it's food-like symptoms. They're not saying it's coronavirus. <laughs> they just being precautious. Wow. But when a person fall out, eyes, bloodshot, we, we don't think of what the flu is. A lot, a lot of us don't have the flu around here. You know? So we know what the flu is. This is not the flu. This is something different. People coughing. Everybody wearing coughing at nighttime. Coughing real bad. Man, I mean, last time I even talked to you, I was coughing. So, I mean, and I don't even, I wasn't even getting sick type of learning. And mm -hmm. due to my, due to my chronic, chronic disease, I'm in a, a, a way at, at where I'm a high-risk inmate where if I do catch it's a possibility where I could die because my body is not healthy like the next man's. So I can't be able to fight off the disease like somebody else might fight it off. Are you able to talk to your family? And uh, Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I've been talking to them. They've been calling, they've been calling, the, the, calling places and all that, but people have just been studying getting people to run around. So that's why people have been filing for the compassion release and person been filing for the compassion release and they say I qualify but they still ain't made no type of no type of movement yet because I'm down I'm down here 
at the lowest uh, the low risk facility that you can get. I'm not a threat to society. I haven't had a, a, a kind of violation for 10 years. I don't got over 100 programs, self-help programs. I don't mentor people. I don't, I watched, I did a compassion, I mean, a companion suicide watch where I watched people to not kill themselves. I don't got four college courses. I done got a cooking apprenticeship. Since I've been in jail, I ain't did never stay busy. So I am actually everything that prison is about, turning your life around with the tools they give you, I am that candidate. So even though I'm not locked up for no robberies, I'm not locked up for shooting nobody, I'm not locked up for nothing that got to do with any type of violence at all. So I'm locked up for a gun that never had my possession. I'm locked up for a gun to blow to my grandfather, and so I'm really, I'm, I'm really since I've been fighting, I've been fighting my, for my innocence. So at the same time, they say I qualify, but I'm still here, and I did everything they want me to do in prison. Like they didn't want me to do this; they want me to get in trouble, they want me to get high, they want me to mess my my dates off. So they can say I'm not doing nothing, but I went to prison and did everything that prison is designed to do, and that's get my life together not do drugs, study, work out, get my mind right, be a productive father, be a better father, be a better husband, learn about self, learn about how to create my own business, learn how to create business for myself and growth. Everything, I know, the prisons and the tools and the money to take out child taxpayers, I'm using it correctly and I'm using it wisely and so it's not being wasted with me. The only way it will be wasted, the only way it will be wasted if I die in prison or I do not get out of prison because then y'all don't waste y'all money on something that's not going to be productive back to society and be used because I could have been a mentor or been somebody out there that could be helpful to the community, be helpful to the world. You know, a rehabilitated criminal, as they say, and one who could talk to the youth and, that, and talk to the people who's inside the neighborhoods who killing people or robbing because I've been around those people. So if a person, if I be, if that's the best person you can listen to, I could be a drug counselor because I was on drugs. I know what it's like to do things for drugs. So you can, you can feel me when I'm, a, when I'm a drug counselor because I've been through those things. So I can relate to all the people that's out there right now that's doing wrong, who's struggling, I, and the people who's not don't have what America really got to offer. What they say, make America great again. The ones that ain't can't make it great. The ones who ain't living on it got a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar houses. You, so that's one who I can relate to and who can understand me more than somebody trying to come and teach something that's from Harvard and got a PhD and don't know nothing about nothing and just want to act like I oh, well I read this in a book. This is what you should do or this is what you should say and this is how they feel compared to no, I've been through this, I lived this, and I'm going through it right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you said that because w- when you look at you know what's happened with criminal justice reform, what's what's happened with the clemency, with people getting out, um, the, I mean the change, the force for change behind that has been the felons, has been people who who've been to prison, people who have been through the system, through the system, who've experienced it, and as soon as they get out, instead of you know just you know walking away, they turn around and try to get as many other people out as they can. So it's. Uh, it's that's good. I mean, hopefully it continues, and it's heartbreaking to see what's going on right now. I mean, everything you're saying with uh, with what's going on in there, and you know, qualifying for compassionate release, but you're not hearing anything. I mean, that's that's twisted, man. Um, it's a uh, it's a messed up situation. Um, and I'm glad that you uh, that you you know decided to come on here and and uh, reach out to me and uh, and talk about this because I think most people they have no clue what the hell's going on. Everybody got somebody in their family that's locked up. I mean, it's a lot of good guys, and we just made the bad choices. 
you got to understand everybody don't if, if we raised around an environment where maybe we, we was raised in President Obama home or raised around President Trump and raised around uh, uh, Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren, raised with them, maybe we will be just like them or have a better future. But we in here, we raised around where it's, it's, it's like a disaster, a nuclear bomb. Where you grow up, you already got phone bills in your name. You grow up, you already get seeing your mothers and fathers fighting. As a matter of fact, the father might not even be at home. And when you grow up, you make understand you, your mama might be a drug addict selling your games, and you, your whole time she calling you a black motherfucker. So you growing up thinking that was your name, you black motherfucker. So you hear a man cursing all the time. It's not because he don't know better. It's because that's what he was taught. But at the end of the day. You still got some good men. There's, there's a lot of talent in prison. There's a lot of people who can know how to do good things. All they need is a chance, an opportunity. On paper, their record might be bad, yeah, because they was a drug addict. They might have one bad year where they got on crystal meth for her run, and they just went berserk and got locked up all through that year. But And then they came home, and they tried to get that. When they got into prison, look what they did. They're, they good outweigh they bad. They got more programs, more good things on their on they good record than they ever did on their bad record. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we, you, if you just give some people another shot and second chances, of course, look at thinking everybody is, is going to be bad from prison. Don't get me wrong. There's some bad individuals in life. But then the ones that got all the time for doing wrong, for raping and murdering and robbing, you know. But it, it's always where a person locked up because of most of all drug abuse, mental health abuse, because the family wasn't right. Very fine, a rare few of people in jail that says, uh, I'm Donald Trump's son, or I'm President Obama's son, or I'm, I'm somebody rich son, it's, it's in my cell, it's in jail. You don't find that because they're not, have to go through the things we go through. That's why you see when the rich end up getting in trouble, when they rich lose their jobs or something like that, they go shoot up the place because they can't handle it. When we, our lights get cut off, we don't do numbers, but try to find another way to get it cut back on with another name because we're used to it. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of good people in prison. I'm not saying it's an excuse for the things we do. Give persons a chance, even though they might be look bad on paper. Look at their prison record. If you can go back and look at somebody's prison record and, and, and give them a lot of time off, they, off what they did on the streets, well, you should be able to look at their prison record in prison and see what they're doing in prison to reduce that time. Because sometimes all a person needs is, is, is help. Like an average black person, a white person to get go to a fifty million, five fifty thousand dollar drug treatment. A rich person, period, black, 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 or whatever, go to a, a high drug treatment. A person like myself had to. Get, my mother had to pray that I get locked up to get treatment because she couldn't afford to send me no drug treatment. She didn't have the money for that. She barely had the money to keep the lights on. So once I got locked up, she prayed to God that was my treatment. Because I was on drugs real bad, or any other person be on drugs real bad. So, if America want, if America believe in second chance, the land of the free and the land who we are, we people deserve a second chance. People deserve sometimes a third chance because you get a person locked up and they've been locked up for so long, they'll be stuck in that mind frame of that year they left. I got locked up. Say you locked up in 2000, they stay locked up all the way 2010. You get out, you still be be stuck in that year. And time will pay you, but you still think you're in that year. And you back getting high because you me end up hanging around the wrong people again, start getting high. But, man, you get back locked up, and then it actually hits you. Man, I'm tripping. So you actually got to need a, a second chance, a third chance. It's not that you keep messing up. It's hard to get rid of your drug problem. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to get rid of certain things. So, I mean, 
like in Iran, they let all their prisoners go. They let terrorists go. We the land of the free in America. Why you won't let the prisoners go? Keep them on anchor monitors or whatever. At least you ain't got to worry about them bad. They at home or whatever they're going to be. Yeah, it's it's a scary situation. I mean, I can't even imagine what what's uh what's going through your mind in there. But uh you know, I'm I'm really really glad that you decided to come on and share this because people need to hear it and uh this will air this will air next week. I mean, it's going to be on every uh every podcasting app that uh, that there is. You know, I I know you can't listen to podcasts in there, but uh yeah. thousands of thousands of people will uh will hear it. So that's that's a good thing okay. that, that, that uh, you're you're speaking to uh, you're speaking to a lot of people. Okay, and and I, I just ask everybody who out there listening man, to just call your local congressman, call your local state representative, and press the issue about giving getting people out of jail, even even high risk inmates, high risk and vulnerable people who could die from this. Because at the end of the day, with nobody deserved to die in prison. I didn't get sentenced to no death sentence. I didn't do nothing to get death. So why should I get sentenced to death? You know, so I just ask you, help me, y'all can y'all be our voices out there? Because at the end of the day, we y'all got somebody locked up, and y'all see how serious it is out there. And I pray for everybody out there too that y'all make it because a lot of y'all loved ones gonna die. We had a visible war and with a visible enemy, and it's designed to kill people. And one person's person gonna start killing after kill y'all, y'all. Hopefully it don't, but it's gonna kill us, and it's and it's sweeping through her at its large numbers. And I ask y'all to ask President Trump, ask the Congress people, ask your governor and the state prisons to release the prisons, even at least the ones that have shown they are rehabilitated, the ones that have are vulnerable to getting this disease and dying. It's just not about just release the prison, just get out of prison for free. No, we trying to get up out of here or to send us somewhere where we going to be safe. That's all we want. We ain't just trying to get out to be getting out. Even though we want to get out, but some of us got time and we will, we will do our time, but we ain't trying to die mm-hmm. over no just because the government or the state is not taking care of us properly. It's not doing the things properly to protect us because those are who over us. And I just ask everybody out there to call anybody you can and request this because it might I might be dead tomorrow. You never know. Why right? you don't know what might happen? You know what I'm saying? Because I right hey the guy came in yesterday who had corona and, and we still ain't getting tested. So I just ask everybody out there to pray for us and understand everybody in prison. Just because we got three hots in the cock and we ain't got no bills to pay, we still just like y'all. We still got to deal with the health care system. We still got to deal with this virus and we still worry about y'all. And that's all I have to say. I pretty appreciate you having me on today. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for listening to today's show. Another great episode of Felony Friday. As you know, Felony Friday is one of three shows we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, we kick off every single week with our Monday show hosted by Mark Clare. It's our longest running program, our flagship program, where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land hosted by Brian McWilliams. It's your weekly shot of culture, comedy, liberty, swearing, and just, just good fun. Check that out. You can get all three shows by subscribing for the great price of $0 per month. You get everything that we have here. So please check everything out. And uh, if you like it all, please think about, consider supporting what we're doing here at Lions of Liberty. A great way to do that is by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. 
You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Another great way of doing that is by uh, following, liking, sharing our stuff on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at Lions of Liberty. And the discussion forum where all the greatest and brightest minds go to to talk about politics, liberty, everything that's happening in the world today, current events, the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook, which you can find by typing Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar at the top of Facebook, clicking search, comes up, say you want to join it, answer a question, bam, you're in, and the rest is just going to be a great journey for you. So check that out. That's all I have for today. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.